Welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Dr. Shirley North, and with over a decade of clinical expertise in the areas of pelvic floor conditions, lymphatic conditions, and chronic neurological diseases, I have a wealth of medical knowledge that I want to share with you all. In this podcast, I will answer the most common questions I receive from clients, family members, and fellow clinicians. Our purpose is not only to answer questions, but to educate you so you can make the best decision for your optimal health. This podcast is a perfect to listen on your way home from work, while you're on your daily walk, or just taking 15 to 20 minutes for yourself. Again, welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast and get ready for us to guide you to optimal health. Hi guys, it's Dr. Shirley North again. And welcome for the newcomers and welcome back for those that have been uh, listening to this podcast. Today, we're going to focus on the difference between primary and secondary lymphedema. Now, this is a question I often get from a client who really just wants to educate themselves and then also just the medical community. I mean, lymphedema is something that isn't very well known or is extremely misdiagnosed for just regular swelling. And that is another podcast, <laughs> everyone, of how, what that really means. But today we're going to focus on what is the difference between these two, you know, definitions, these two different diagnoses, because they are different. Even though treatment might be similar, and we'll get into that in a few moments, there is a difference between primary and secondary lymphedema. But first, let's define what the heck a lymphedema is, right? So it is an accumulation of a very protein-rich fluid that is actually outside of the lymphatic vessels. Now, this can happen from various different ways that we'll get to, um, and that's how we define primary and secondary lymphedema. But it is not normal, like, post-operative swelling. It is not like when you sprain your ankle, there is that immediate swelling that happens, but then it goes away. That going away is actually your lymphatic system flushing that extra fluid out. This also is not fluid that is related to, um, like, what Lasix or diuretic, you know, medications will address. Oftentimes, my clients will be put on a diuretic, maybe like in the hospital, and maybe there was some, you know, reduction of fluid at first. So I was like, okay, we just kicked the kidneys into that Super Mario go, 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 you know, gear where those medications are acting at that level in the kidney of trying to help flush the fluid out from the kidney, but it's not really touching that fluid that was in my legs or in my arms. And so that's when we get into more of the lymphedema, okay? So what is primary lymphedema? So there are some, uh, like, synonyms, okay, to this. There you can call it idiopathic, genetic, hereditary, congenital. All those words mean that, you know, we were born with this, okay? So we were born with... Um, a functioning lymphatic system, but for those with primary lymphedema, there's something about their lymphatic system that just isn't being fully optimized. 
So this can include maybe a lymph node. Maybe some lymph nodes are missing. Uh, for example, the inguinal lymph nodes and the ones like right along like your groin, like that hinge point between your thigh and your hip. In that area, a normal person will have anywhere from three to five lymph nodes in that area. So maybe somebody with three lymph nodes or maybe two lymph nodes are born, you know, are there when they're born. And so that can definitely affect how much fluid can get through that area and effectively continue on its merry way throughout the system. If there's less lymph nodes there uh, from birth, that may happen. It may accumulate a little faster. Um, also, maybe the lymphatic vessels just aren't as efficient of having that blood or having the lymphatic fluid go through it. So maybe it's a little slower of a system. You know, people have variable, you know, heart rates and blood pressures. Same thing holds true for the lymphatic system. Sometimes it's just inefficient. More times than not, those with primary lymphedema, this is a unilateral or one-sided um, issue. It is permanent and irreversible. Okay, so these are people that are born with that in large, larger limb, whether it be your, their arm or in their leg. And they do um, have some sort of structural change that, that was there upon birth. So they have a reduction in lymph nodes or a reduction in the efficiency of the lymphatic system. So those are people that they, they have this at birth. They, you know, went through it within their childhood, maybe into, you know, into their adulthood, and it's always going to be there. And so that is some real strength. And I applaud the people that have any kind of congenital issue. And then in this case, lymphedema, because kids can be cruel. You know, I definitely have my own stuff and kids can be cruel. Um, you know, making fun of a larger limb that was on, you couldn't control that. Right. And so all you can do is daily treatment. And we'll get that um, in a moment here. Now, conversely, Secondary lymphedema, or what we call acquired lymphedema, uh, tends to start unilateral or one-sided and can sometimes progress to secondary, you know, to that bilateral presentation. There are both sides, both arms, both legs. And so this is often um, associated with what we call other comorbidities or other issues, other medical diagnoses on board like congestive heart failure, um, some venous disease, like venous insufficiency, diabetes. It could also come from like a surgery, like you had a total knee replacement and this stubborn um, post-op swelling just didn't really go away, but it's just getting worse and worse and worse and hardening, right? So that progressive nature to it. Sometimes that trauma you know, but bad car accident that required uh, a surgery or the really bad fall that required a surgery. Anytime you break the skin like that, you are affecting the lymphatic flow. Anytime there's maybe a removal of like a joint or something or even an organ, they could potentially remove part of your lymphatic system like a lymph node or a lymph vessel. And now the lymph, the lymph system is like, wait a minute, there's a missing piece here. 
how do we now flow? And it can accumulate and build up. It can also come from chemo or radiation. So for those that have cancer, and this can be any kind of cancer, guys. This is not just from breast cancer. Although there is a huge correlation and there is more and more research out there, and I love how that's out there and well-known, what's not well-known is that this can also, this secondary lymphedema can also occur from any kind of cancer, okay? Especially those, you know, I'm going to talk to those guys out there, right? If you had a prostate cancer and things were removed, there are potentially, you know, lymph nodes within that area that were affected. They're going to remove that. You could potentially develop lower lower extremity or leg edema um, and lymphedema on, on either leg for that. If you had um, stomach cancer or, um, you know, even esophageal cancer or anything like that in the head and the neck, there are hundreds of lymph nodes in the neck and what we call the cervical, um, like sternum, you know, that chest uh, area, hundreds of lymph nodes in that area. So if any one of those are affected, you are at risk for developing lymphedema. Now, I don't want to scare people like, oh, everybody's at risk, right? There are definitely things that we can do to help prevent and encourage our lymphatic wellness. And so we're going to get into that now. What kind of treatment uh, difference is there between primary and secondary lymphedema? Well, what's always good, regardless of its primary or secondary, or you just want to make sure your lymphatics are working in, in the most optimal way, you can always perform manual lymphatic drainage on yourself. This is where you really want to consult a certified lymphedema therapist in your area. I adore when clients are like, you know, I'm going to go in for a surgery but I know there's going to be some some swelling. I just want to make sure it's going to definitely go away. That's a perfect case for some MLD or manual lymphatic drainage. So that is absolutely um, crucial part of whether it's primary, secondary, or just overall lymphatic wellness to perform on yourself. And you absolutely can get taught that. It is a sequential um, manual technique. Check out my episode that talks all about manual lymphatic drainage and definitely consult a certified lymphedema therapist for that treatment for yourself. Also, compression garments. So this is something that for those with primary lymphedema are experts (laughs) in doing uh, because they have consulted their local CLT or certified lymphedema therapist. And those are the people that have, again, dealt with this since birth. So as they grow, right, like any other human being, (laughs) their compression garments also have to grow with them. So that is something that typically for those with primary lymphedema, they can typically tolerate a higher compression strength. Again, everybody is different uh, and what they can tolerate, but typically because this is something they've had all their lives, they can um, deal with a little bit more compression. So, for example, in the upper extremity, you want to be somewhere in the 20 to 30 millimeters of mercury of pressure. 
And in the lower extremity, you want to be more towards the 40 to 50 millimeters mercury pressure. Now, not all my clients are primary lymphedema can tolerate that much compression, but you definitely work your harness. And even if it's a little bit less than that, as long as it's consistent wear of that garment, you want to make sure they're wearing that garment on a daily basis. They can also utilize compression bandaging. And this is something that, again, for those with primary lymphedema, they have dealt with this all their life. There are a good amount of products out there for more like permanent compression bandaging um, that they can utilize for overnight um, because their lymphatic system it is what it is. And so now they're just preventing any further progression of the stage of lymphedema. That lymphedema isn't going to go away, but they are preventing any further progression of it. Whereas in our secondary lymphedema folks, they tend to progress, I find, clinically a little faster if they don't do anything about it because they have these other medical issues that if they're not able to manage that well, it's going to be really hard for them to manage the lymphedema, but that's why hooking in and consulting with a local CLT is very imperative. Those compression bandaging for either case, but especially for the secondary lymphedema folks, they want to be what's called a short stretch bandage. And so that may look like an ACE bandage that's really elastic, but this is short stretch. So it actually has very low stretch there. And with layering that bandage, it actually helps um, create that gradual compression on the limb, whether it's from the hand up to the shoulder or from the toes all the way up to the groin. Uh, there is also folks that develop secondary lymphedema in other places like the abdominal region um, or the genital region or the head and neck. And so there are compression garments for those specific areas and there are specific um, compression bandaging techniques that, again, your local CLT can absolutely help you out on not only performing on you, but in also in teaching you how to do it yourself. For both situations, whether it's primary or secondary, we want to make sure that those with lymphedema are taking care of their skin and nails very well. There is a higher risk of infection if the skin is broken for whatever reason, whether it's a cut or a tear or a laceration. So you just really want to make sure your skin and nail care is really, really uh, good. We also want to make sure, you know, mobility-wise. Again, the primary lymphedema folks, they've been carrying around this extra, you know, limb here and this extra weight of the larger limb all their lives. So we want to make sure that the muscles underneath are trying to help pump that fluid as much as it can because innately the lymphatic system isn't able to do that as well as for those that have normal lymphatic systems. For those with secondary lymphedema, mobility is still very crucial. We want to do the same thing, have those um, muscles really be able to help pump that fluid but again, the CLT will consider any other comorbidity or medical condition that may limit that mobility and to help modify it. That's, you know, individualize that mobility exercise program for them. There, is, there are surgical uh, treatments for lymphedema, like a lymphatic bypass or what we call anastomosis, where you're trying to help connect 
you know, something to help with the flow. Um, there is a mixed bag, you know, in mixed um, results and mixed research out there for those that go the surgical approach. Um, I'm not going to stray somebody away from surgery. If they really feel that is their best option, what I'm going to definitely recommend and encourage is that they have exhausted all other options because we know surgery will encourage post-operative swelling. So if you already have an impaired system, you don't want to try to overload it with even more swelling, right? So you really want to make sure that you have done everything else possible and you're able to get some good results that you can manage on your own. And if you really want to seek surgical options, there are um, organizations out there that can help connect you with a specialized surgeon that only works with the lymphatic system. Um, They are a specialty and they are out there. And so they have even specialized training of understanding where to go, how to cut, what instruments and instruments to utilize to have the most minimally invasive procedure, and also understand the post-operative implications on an impaired lymphatic system. We want to definitely, one hundred percent, keep in mind the psychological and mental health involved with primary and secondary lymphedema. Both cases. And you have this chance of having a body dysmorphia kind of a presentation where it's like, what is wrong with my body and what's going on with my limb? I'm not recognizing this. And it can fall into a really dark place. And so for those people that I find that score a little bit higher on those um, depression screens, there is a questionnaire I give all my folks that are diagnosed with lymphedema or somebody I suspect with lymphedema. And there are a couple questions on there about your self-image. And if they're scoring really high on something like that, that high meaning not good on <laughs> that case, um, then I really want to help give them the resources to talk to a therapist about their body image. And to really be able to own and be confident that this is absolutely a manageable condition. And there are medical support out there and also psychological support out there. And having a support system for any diagnosis is good. But especially for those with primary lymphedema that have been living with this all their life, it wears and tears on you. And you want to make sure that you are keeping your mental health to its optimal performance. For those with secondary lymphedema, they may feel like it may happen overnight or there is a sense of denial of what's going on with their body. And so we want to make sure that is being addressed so it doesn't become an issue and there isn't further progression of the diagnosis and isn't further um, regression in symptoms. So guys, that is the deep down and dirty of primary and secondary lymphedema and what the difference is between the two. You will notice that the treatment for both is pretty similar. The expectation, though, needs to be managed uh, for those with primary and secondary lymphedema because there will be different outcomes in treatment. Both will have a maintenance outcome that you can manage this on your own, that this is chronic with the potential of being progressive. We want to make sure we're managing expectations um, as a certified lymphedema therapist of 
what the appropriate outcome is going to be and where your cheerleader out there. And so we're going to help set you up in the best way with your lifestyle in mind and other you know, medical conditions and your support system so you get the best outcome. And so whether or not you have primary or secondary lymphedema or for those that just want to make sure the lymphatic system is in good working health and that wellness of it, please consult a local certified lymphedema therapist to help you with that. We, again, are out there. We're here for you. Feel free to you know, comment or follow me on social media and use me as a resource to help you connect to your local provider. And always remember that North Star Physical Therapy is here to guide you to optimal health. Take care, guys. Thank you all so much for listening to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. Continue to follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Shirley North. Check out my website at www.northstardpt.com. Or I encourage you to email me any other questions about these topics. And it can be featured at a future podcast at snorth at northstardpt.com. Again, thank you all so much. And thank you for letting North Star Physical Therapy be your guiding light to your optimal health. <laughs>